Welcome to Pastor Standing Firm Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Pastor Brian Bauer, with Pastor Jeremiah Stingle. And it is good to be with you today in the studio. It's a beautiful day here in Chicagoland. Sun is shining. We're moving into spring. We got Easter Sunday in front of Woo! us. Easter's We're going to see God bring a harvest. Sunday's coming. And I pray that as you're listening to this after Easter, that you have had a fantastic Easter and the follow-up process is going well and all of the things. But we're here today to lead you in a discussion really about as a pastor, and we come from the Pentecostal uh, charismatic assembly of God background. And, you know, we believe that Holy Spirit moves in powerful ways in our services. And it's an, it's a very important thing to us. We, we prioritize the presence of God. And at the same time, we're pastors that are leading organizations mm-hmm. that have vision and we have strategy and we have goals and we're trying to do some things. And sometimes you've got to juggle And that's really what we're talking about today, juggling between the presence of God and the plan and how you navigate the tension between the two. And so I just want to jump into it. I want to ask you, Pastor Brian, as you're leading services and the Holy Spirit's moving in a powerful way, but you know that you still need to make an announcement about the service times that are changing on Easter because people need to be communicated with. Mm -hmm. How are you wrestling with the tension between those two things, saying, I I don't want to shut off what God's doing, but at the same time, like we've got some things that we actually have to accomplish today. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we do it much like... Uh, whose line is it anyway? Just improv the whole thing, take suggestions from the audience, just wing it. That's that's what we do. Just make it up on the fly and uh, whip out some gold dust at the end. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, we're like any other church, right? We use Planning Center like so many other churches do. We, we organize and say, this is what it's got to be. Easter especially, right? Like this really is down to the minute, down to the wire. And if we don't follow that plan... We won't get done all that we need to on such a pivotal, monumental day of the year, the biggest day of the year for the church, right? The biggest celebration, biggest honoring of the Lord, and one of the biggest moments to offer salvation to the unbeliever because they're coming, yeah. right? We get two, really two times a year. We get Christmas time and Easter. That's when the unbelievers are most likely to come. So as much as first and foremost, Sunday is always about the Lord, second this Sunday is about the unbeliever, yeah, right, as much as it is encouragement for the believer, but that's kind of third, and we need to somehow follow that plan. How do we manage that tension of having the plan and letting the presence lead? And unfortunately, we have been taught by different streams, they're mutually exclusive. You can either have a plan or you can have the presence, but you can't have both. Right. I mean, I mean, <clears throat> that's uh, that's where a lot of people kind of find themselves leaning more heavily on one than the other, and and it really, I believe, is supposed to coexist together. And I think that there can be a comfortable tension, if that's even possible, mm-hmm. to where you just basically just reside there in like, hey, I'm expecting the Lord to do whatever He wants to do. But I got a plan that if he's not doing something out of the norm, like mm-hmm. we're going somewhere and we right. know where we're going and we know how to get there. I think for me, it's just I don't I don't enthrone or enshrine 
one way over to the other. I just know both have to happen. Right. And I'm just going to sit here and let the Lord lead us forward with one or the other because we do pray over our plan. I mean, we we plan and we pray at every meeting that we have a plan. I mean, we say, God, would you give us the vision for what you want to accomplish this Sunday with the group of people that are there? And I believe the Holy Spirit leads our planning and our preparation time. So mm-hmm. the plan, I believe, already has an anointing on it simply because we've done it in faith. We've asked the right. Lord to move us and direct us. And I know that at some point, you know, I've got to get up there. But this past Sunday, you know, uh, we're kind of moving things around with the way that we've been doing the offering and the greeting of the guests and the announcements and stuff. And so we're trying a new way of doing it. We're still evaluating whether we like this or not. But kind of right now, it all falls on me. If I'm bringing the word that day, I've got to do the announcement. I got to do the offering. I got to do the thing because we're kind of making, you know, work of uh, the giving portion part of the worship time. Like, so mm. the, so we're connecting it rather than, okay, you could be seated. The worship's over. Okay. Now the giving talk is going to come and stuff. And so because we're shifting it like that, I'm sitting there at my seat, standing there during worship, and I'm going through my head all of the things that I've got to like say mm. before the thing. And then I got people that come and tap me on the back during the worship time, and they're like, "Hey, I got a prayer request. My my nephew's going to be going to the hospital tomorrow, and he's going to get a test. He's got a growth on his mm. back. Can we all pray in the church for this young man?" And I have to write on my notes, pray for Oliver, and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, there's just tons of details, mm. and sometimes when I get so many details running through my head, miss one. Sometimes I. I maybe get a little in front of where the Lord is doing the thing in the service at the time. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I mean, we have people on their face at second service. I mean, it was just powerful presence of the Lord. And I have to get up there and, and somehow make the, make the service go forward when sometimes a lot of people just want to sit there and just soak in that moment right there. Sure. So how do you, how do you gracefully transition from such a heavy, powerful time into mm-hmm. that next thing that's coming up in the service. Yeah, that's that's good. So we have done, we've kind of created a model over the years. And we, we're a church plant, right? So we started, honestly, we probably started heavy on plan, minimal to low on presence, which I regret, but it's also brought us to where we are. So you, I'm grateful the Lord used the process. But we started, we used to, like the very first thing we ever did at our church ever the first thing we ever did, opening service, we covered Don't Stop Believing by Journey. <laughs> like, you know, and like, man, people are going to think this is so cool and awesome. Yeah, I remember I those I look days. back, you know, or we, I think the very next week we did Eye of the Tiger. And, you know, after a while we're like, this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what are we doing? Yep. And it was kind of fun, but it was also kind of silly. Like, it, why are we doing this? Yeah. So now what we do is... We have our countdown. We start on time, but then we go into worship. Uh, we maybe our worship leader will invite people to come in from the foyer. We do our couple songs. We dismiss our kids, and we do a couple more songs, and uh, and then they'll decide. You know, is this a moment we want to linger? Or are we ready to move on? This Sunday, we know you're not going to linger. You know, unless unless it is so thick and tangible, like hey, you can't move on. You know, God is so heavy in this room. No, you move on. And then what we do is we do a meet and greet, right? Take that COVID and we do (laughs) turn and shake hands and say hello. And that's kind of a nice moment. And then even under our announcements, we have just a little bit of music that we play 
just underneath, nothing with lyrics, you know, just something kind of fun. And that moves us in, hey, we got some business we need to take care of, but it's good business, you know. And here's how you can give, and here's this and that. Uh, and then we have a sermon bumper moving in the message. And, and, and then the end of the service, we're going to see where the Lord takes us, you know, but uh, is there going to be a response? I know on Easter we're going to have a response, but I'm not going to have an altar call. Why? Because we have some post-service activities, and us as a church, we have to be out of our building by a certain time because it's not our building. Oh, wow. Right? So we have to say we're going to give the Holy Spirit room to move on a heart, but it's going to be within a time frame. And right, God's going to bless that plan. But this past Sunday, man, God, like you guys, he wrecked us in a good way, and we just lingered on worship as we said, hey, you're welcome to leave. You're welcome to stay we're going to keep worshiping. We're going to seek God's face. We're going to pray at the altar. And we make space for those moments. So it's the both and, not the either or. Yeah. Well, one of the interesting things that kind of shaped my view of all of this, when I was in Bible college, the pastor that I was training under during that period of time, he said to the students, you know, he said, hey, when you're leading the service, many times the presence of the Lord is just going to take that worship time and it just extended out. Mm-hmm. And he said, I tell our people, hey, you can worship as long as you want to, but just know I'm going to preach just as long as it took because he wanted to prioritize the word. He wanted to make sure the word was front and center and that because sometimes that worship time can bleed into, especially if you have multiple services, if you've got multiple locations, if you've got campuses. I mean, there's all kinds of details that go into it, Mm -hmm. and you really have to balance that and train people that this is the way that we do it here. And I think that's the main thing that I want to communicate about the subject is that you have to get with the Lord. You've got to figure out what it is for you. What Mm -hmm. is your conviction? How can you do it so that you're doing it with faith? That was one Mm -hmm. of the big things I picked up when I visited Pastor Steve Smotherman's church, Legacy Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is he said, I teach our staff, you've got to do it with faith. If you can't do it with faith, don't do it. Mm. And I thought that was so powerful because there's so many things that we have to do. You know, right. I had, we had an event recently where we were casting vision for some capital campaign that we had going on mm-hmm. and we had a banquet and we hosted it at a different location, not at our church. And it was an event facility and, and yeah. we really kind of paid for it, them to just do everything. Mm. And I was telling my wife as I was getting ready for the event, I was like, man, like I'm excited about this. Like usually when I have events that I'm in charge of, I, I kind of look at it like, oh, I can't wait till this thing is over. And I know that's terrible, but we just have so many things and we're facilitating all the details and carrying all the pressure and all the things are happening and stuff. Sometimes that just wears on you. And by the time the event arrives, you've done so much planning for the event that now you're like, but because we didn't have to do all the cleanup and I didn't have to be the one to lock the doors and turn the lights off and make sure everything Mm -hmm. is put. Wow. We had such a great time of fellowship with the people, but listen, God put that on our hearts. This is the way we're going to plan this thing. And the presence Mm. of the Lord was strong at the event. We had fantastic results from it. Praise God for what he did in the hearts Mm. of people. And I'm telling you, the plan can be anointed as well as that time of presence, but you've got to determine in yourself, what is it for our local body? What is it for my leadership style? And how am I going to make sure that we prioritize the things that were prioritized by the New Testament? And it says that the apostles gave themselves to prayer and they, yeah. they gave themselves to it. And so that's what we like to do. I like to talk about both sides of that aisle and realize, and then maybe we'll get back to closing with, 
embracing the tension. But you've got both sides of the aisle, right? You've got the person who shows up. Some of you don't, but we do. You have, you have the person who shows up with their flags and their tambourines, and they are ready for go time. Yep. But the truth is those people are not excited about the message, almost always. They want worship. They want to give their own word, maybe. They want, you know, they want time at the altar. They want, they want to linger there in that space, in, in the music space, in the time of worship, because they think that's where the presence of God is. And I would argue that makes pr- space for the presence of God. But worship is no less holy than the word. And yeah. if anything, we're, we're going to be a church that emphasizes the word and worship and God's presence and fellowship. We're, we're not going to be uh, a one-point church. Yeah, We're going to be a balanced, healthy diet of God in all of his person. Sometimes that's the river, yeah, and sometimes that's the altar, and sometimes that's the fire, and sometimes that's you know at the, it, your face is in the book, you know. Because I've heard people say, I mean, people have said to me before that you're you're spiritual and it's a spiritual environment. If it oh the presence of God was so thick, the pastor didn't even get to preach today. Yeah, I just, I just am not there. I'm just right. not there. I, I just really, and they quote Old Testament saying that the the glory of the Lord fell and the ministers couldn't even minister before the Lord because, yeah. you know, the cloud was there and all that kind of stuff. And On the day of Pentecost, there was a sermon. That's right. That is right. Holy Spirit came and then Peter stood up. Right. And he began to bring a word of conviction, and three thousand people right. were added and a to vote. Number. <laughs> <laughs> they voted that day on yeah. something, right? Yeah, they took communion on that day. Yeah. So you can't you can't qualify like it's all the wind blowing and it's all the tongues of fire and it's all like no. But it was also the moment like the wind blew, but that that drove them to give the word and the salvation that day, right in the formation of the church that day. It was all of those things. And there's those people who are like, well, man, if you didn't linger and if you didn't like, but it, you're, you're, that's a, that's a narrow view. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're just, you're just not completely right. Yeah. You're, I like, that's a very good way to put it. Open up your eyes to see a bigger view. And so you got to be comfortable with the tension. I think that's where you've mm-hmm. got to just be comfortably uncomfortable. You mm-hmm. just kind of just be sitting there holding this egg of a service and just being real gentle with it. But at the same time, no, I've got to deliver this thing. I mean, when I come, I come prepared. I come on assignment. I know that God's given me a word mm-hmm. to impart into his people. And I take that very seriously. I mean, when you look at it, Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith, we understand that everything that has been created was not made out of things that were visible but are not visible. They were Mm -hmm. created by the Word of God. God spoke, and everything came into existence. Right. Everything that's in the physical realm did not come from anything that was physical. It came from a spiritual place, God's Word speaking that. So what are we leaving out of people if we only have this time of worship and we Mm. never get into the Word? What, what What are we doing? I mean, the Scripture says that we need to help people grow up from being infants to where they're ready for the Mm -hmm. deeper things. And and you've got to train people the deeper things. Yes. 
are times in the presence of the Lord. The deeper things are, yes, deeper places in God's word and understanding truth and scripture and what we can build our lives on. I mean, it's so important to have a both and and just figure out how to manage that tension. Here's a truth bomb. If you don't believe God can anoint a plan, you don't believe in God as creator. There it is. <laughs> he had a plan, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. A uh, very, very <laughs> thorough plan, and everything is still working. He he started right? it, got it going, and he's kept it going. What if what have you said to Jesus, Mike? You just need to follow the Spirit, man. <laughs> like, what if what if on Holy Week on Monday, as he's th- uh, you know as he's trying to teach something, you're like, I don't think you're following the Spirit. <laughs> I, there's a plan here. You I know, mean, like, he's on the cross, and he says it is finished there's a plan i heard pastor willie george i I got an opportunity to be around him just a couple weeks ago and he was talking about the the times that jesus was offered the sponge and that he rejected it Mm. and then that he said i'm a thirst and then they offered it again and then he finally took it Mm. and thinking about how like careful he was to make sure he was following the father's plan Mm. like the father had chosen disciples And when Jesus got up early, God spoke to him. And then he went and accomplished the father's plan by selecting these disciples and calling them Mm -hmm. to follow him. I mean, Mm -hmm. he had such a thorough detailed plan. God had such a plan that he had all of these prophets that made all of these prophecies about Jesus. And Jesus knew, I've got to go check all the boxes. I got to make sure that I am fulfilling what my father has already spoken about. And we've got to come into our services with that same understanding that the father's already planned what's supposed to happen today. Now, I need to be in tune enough to listen and flow with those moments and really ride that wave of the Spirit like a surfer would. I mean, the the wave's Mm -hmm. coming in. Now, I've got to skillfully surf on that wave and let the Lord really guide and direct where we're supposed to go with the service. And so I've just got to be okay with it. And I'm, I mean, I'm walking up the first time I'm speaking, if worship's still going on and I'm supposed to wrap it up and close it up, man, I'm, I'm very sensitive. I'm, I'm sometimes looking at what, what people are doing and where they're at and what's happening. I'm, I'm also listening to, does God have like a now word for this moment? You know, is mm. there, is there something that he's trying to, you know, really impart into people at this mm-hmm. conclusion of this? And, and I many times come up there and I say, you know, uh, this is, this is how this happened. And this is a word from this. And I'm, I mean, I'm flipping through my Bible. I'm looking at my concordance sometimes to see where that verse is that has that one word, because God's dropped that word in my heart and I want to go find that word and I'm reading the verse and I'm thinking about the context of it and then all worship's happening and I'm going up there and I'm saying I feel like the Lord is saying this right here and if that's you come forward right now and we're going to pray for you I mean all variety of things and letting the spirit really lead us in those moments yeah yeah and realizing God has set a plan that is not antithetical to the spirit the spirit's been a part of the spirit hovered over the waters the spirit is part of the plan. That's true. That's switching gears. The same thing's got to be true on the other end for the planners, the administrators, the ones who say, you know, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's part of our plan. Therefore, he's not going to take over anything. We don't go there. That's weird. For all of you people who are like, I didn't like the first half of this. You're going to like the second half of this, but you're probably not because we're going to rebuke you. But the idea, like the plan, the plan, the plan. 
you know, and you've got service down in the minute. Worship doesn't go over 15 minutes, and if you do, uh, they're fired. You know, they're they're out of bounds. This is not decency and order and things like that. There's that side of it as well. Those who would say it's all about the plan, and yet if you watch Jesus's life, he was led by the Spirit. Now, obviously, he had a plan. He knew what he was doing every step of the way. But to the disciples, it looked unplanned. It looked out of order, right? Well, we know that it was in order, and it was ordained by God every step of the way and did nothing by accident. But just like you said, that egg, right, is precious and has a plan, but we got to hold it loosely or we'll crush it. Yeah. Right? Same thing should happen with our services, right, with our message, with the worship, right? And you know what? What's funny is, as the lead pastors, we're often blamed for the ones not letting the spirit move because you're <laughs> rigid. But what's funny is that, like, what if the spirit wanted to move more on the word than on the worship, but the worship leader's out of bounds, just keeps running. I'm blessed. I don't have a worship leader like that. I have a, bl- a very, uh, he's more systematic probably than I am. You know, he's, yeah. he is, he is to the point, you know, dot the I's across the T's. It's awesome. I'm super blessed by him. But with that said, so many people think, I remember hearing uh, an interview years ago from Andy Stanley talking about, you know, well, we, we believe God blesses the plan and that's where that's, so that's where it happens. And yet what's funny is just sometime in the last year or two, Kerry Newhoff, part of Andy Stanley's network said in one of his podcasts, you know, people are coming now. If they're going to come, they're going to need to experience something they can't get anywhere else. And what's interesting is he used, I believe he used that word experience, right? And what's the truth is I don't want to lean away from being experiential. I want to lean into it. I want something to happen in our midst and fellowship that you can't get online that you can't get from streaming elevation a thousand miles away, that you can't get from being able to time your watch by it, that you that you almost don't care what your watch said by the end. Yeah. And that's beyond a plan. Now, it's still God's plan, I would argue that. It's still God's plan, but we couldn't plan it. I think you brought something really good a moment ago. It's talking about we're lead pastors, and sometimes we carry this other thing. But what about those who are on staff underneath a pastor who has a plan, who has a vision, and you're wrestling with, well, maybe maybe my my leader isn't being as spiritual as they need to. I mean, how do you how do you internalize those kinds of thoughts, doubts, whatever it is that you're wrestling with and stay submitted under leadership at the same time, feel like, well, maybe the Lord's leading us this way and maybe my pastor's missing that i mean i know that i've been accused of that before sure. uh, how 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 does somebody on staff at a church deal with the feelings of my leaders not leading in a spiritual way i think first you're gonna have to defer to submission yeah you're just going to have to. That's the deal. That's Hebrews authority. 13, 17, obey and submit to your leaders for they are ones who have to give an account and make right. their work a joy and not a burden is what the scripture says. Exactly. You're just stuck with that. So like, you got to make, make their work a joy. I recently had somebody challenging us in leadership on that. And it's one of those things where it's like, you have a right to object and I hear your objection. And we talked about it the other day. And this is the way it's going to be. At the, at, at the end of the day, somebody has to be the Somebody's one. Somebody's got to make a call. And 
and it it stops with us. I like how Mark Driscoll says, if you want to call the shots, you're going to have to take the shots. Mm. You know, the truth is you're going to have to defer to leadership. But also, as you defer to leadership, you're going to earn, as John Maxwell says, you're going to earn that change in your pocket. You're going to, I was a worship leader for a lot of years. So I walk that tension all the time. And, and he, he, they would give you the look like, hey, keep going. Or they give you the look like, uh, you need to shut it down, <laughs> you know, and hopefully you develop that dynamic with your leadership. Yes. And if you haven't, you need to, you need to work on that dynamic. That's a good point that you need to take as the team member, you need to take the responsibility of making that chemistry with your leader work. Mm-hmm. It's not your leader's job. Cause can you imagine how difficult it is if you have a staff of 10 or 20 people to, to somehow make this chemistry relationship work with all 20 of these people. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's difficult. What you have to do is you have to put the responsibility on the team and say, hey, I need you to figure out whatever kind of chemistry you want to have with me, and I need you to bring that chemistry and that energy because I don't have the capacity to do it for everybody. But Mm -hmm. you only have to do it with one. You have to do it with me, you know? And so I think that's where I like to tell people, if you're on staff somewhere, it's your responsibility as a staff member to make sure that you're working that relationship with your leader. Don't put it all on them and say, well, they just never connect with me. Go connect with the leader. If that's right. something you want to do, man, go do it. Because you can't expect them to be able to do what you're expecting with everybody. Because, that, I mean, you'd have to be Jesus to do that. <laughs> right. My pastors would tell me, I remember the first pastor I was a real official worship leader for. And I began to figure out, now, he wants to end big all the time. He wants to come in where he is at the 50-yard line and he charges the rest of the way. Yep. He did not he did not want songs like, you know, Refuge and The More I Seek You and you don't end on that. Yeah. You don't end on a reflective moment with him. He wants the cymbals crashing out. That, yep. He, he wants, wants boom. Yeah. yeah. He mean, wants it's... big and he wants revelation song full blast <laughs> seven kazoos in the back just going that's what he wanted like and you know what he's the leader you'd say that's wrong i don't know if it's right or wrong he's the leader and i'm going to submit to it that's what you want that's what i'll he's give you he's the one who has to give an account right. that's what it says i had another pastor who in the second song he would cut it off like in the middle of somebody singing like you're done it was weird <laughs> it was weird but you know what Hey, man, I get paid 10 songs or one. I get paid the same. So whatever you want, man, I'm here to submit to it. That's fine. Now, again, hopefully you work on that dynamic, but you also embrace, man, if the spirit is present and tangible, hopefully you as leadership across the board all the way to the top are willing to say, let's wait. Yeah. Hold on. Don't, Don't rush this. Yep. Pause the plan. Yeah. Because if I got Thanksgiving dinner, I make the Thanksgiving dinner in my house. Like okay. I, I'm the cook. I love to cook. Okay. And Thanksgiving dinner is a is a delicate dance, man. Because <laughs> I make now I make two turkeys every year. Wow. I bake one and I fry one and I do the sweet potatoes. I do the mashed potatoes and then all the other stuff. I'm like, that's frills. Everybody else can bring whatever. But yeah. no, I'm doing this is what I'm doing. And yet I want them done at the same time. And if I've learned, like my mom will be like, I want to make the bread. Okay, you make bread or my sister or whatever. And and 
but they'll be like, oh, your stuff is done? Great. I just need 30 more minutes for bread. I'm oh, like, no, no, no. my turkey's not going down because you want hot bread. No, right? This is all going to be done together yeah. at once in a dance so that at this time we're ready for this moment and everything's ready and hot and good. So, you, But you've also got to flow. Like if that turkey's not done, you better linger on it. Don't don't run because you're gonna give everybody salmonella. <laughs> it's not okay. Yeah, you got to present right at the and you got to flow together, you know. And and you've got a plan, but that plan needs to flow with what you got. Yeah, and it needs to flow with the vision of the house. Yeah, and the lead pastor's got the vision, and so you just got to let the lead pastor cast a vision and say, "Yes, we're with you. That's where we're going." Mm-hmm. And so that's what 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 leaders have to do then taking it away from the team member standpoint, putting it on the lead pastor standpoint, what you've got to do is make the vision very clear. Today, this is what we're believing God for. This is yeah. the focus of the day in our planning. I want everybody focused on this right here. I know this is the message that God has given us. I love when our worship pastor finds out what I'm preaching, and then he puts songs in the set that go along with what the Word's going to be talking about that right. day. It's like, oh, yeah, you got it, man. That's so great. And so that's a way to honor the vision of the house to say, hey, we're we're tailoring this thing around what you've been describing to us. And team members, what you got to do is ask a lot of questions. If you don't feel like you got enough information so that you can plan accordingly, make sure that you do that. Now, I want to pause and pivot here for a second because we are talking to Pentecostal, charismatic, assembly of God people. Are there times when we're not doing the hard work of the plan because we're just going to depend, uh, well, Holy Spirit's going to be there and he's going to give us what we need at that time. I mean, there yeah. are people who do this. Yeah, you don't do that with your money, I'm but you play, do that with the Spirit of God. I'm going to play some more golf this week, and I'm just going to kind of shorten down on my prep time that I would normally give to it because I'm just going to depend that God's just going to give me something when we get there. Mm-hmm. And I think that there can be a little bit of that, but, man, once you start doing that on a consecutive basis, you're going to find that you're given the same thing every single week because that's just the way you default in those moments. And so we need more of that planning and that preparation. Yeah. And here's what I would say to those pastors. You don't do that with your money, but you do that with God's people. Wow. You don't do that. This is, this is a holy time. These people are coming to mm-hmm. worship. And when you think about the Psalms and the songs of ascent, when they were climbing up towards Jerusalem mm-hmm. to come worship, and those songs that were preparing their hearts as they were coming to worship, there are people who are really sacrificing a lot to be mm-hmm. a part of our gatherings on Sunday. I, mm-hmm. I got people who work six days a week. That's right. They have a day off, and when they have that day off, they come They come to serve. They come to sometimes multiple services. Sometimes they're even attending rehearsals and planning meetings and preparation mm-hmm. for things, and they're sacrificing a bunch, man. I'm not going to treat God's people's time with such carelessness to say mm-hmm. that I'm not going to prepare enough. I'm going to make sure I'm prepared. Listen, if God moves, I'm going to set my plan aside and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit go. But if God doesn't do that big, thunderous, mountain-moving Elijah or Moses being held, seeing the glory of the Lord pass by, if there's not a moment like that, 
then I'm going to be ready to deliver something to God's people because I'm going to make sure I'm a workman who needs not to be ashamed, who correctly and rightly divides the word of truth. It's just yeah. so important to be that person who's put the work in. Right. And a, a healthy, balanced church has all of those things. So like this past week, we had, uh, we're, we're doing a series in Luke, the gospel of Luke, and it wouldn't leave me. And yet I couldn't, felt like I couldn't get the spirit's direction on what's my message, but I couldn't get in Luke 19 where Jesus says, don't let them be silent because even then the rocks will cry out. And I'm like, man, something about that. Just And then it hit me and I, the message came and I knew and I talked with my worship leader and my people like, this is going to be a moment where God just lays us out and it's going to be a powerful moment and I think his presence is going to be tangible. And that's exactly what happened. And they were ready for it and we lingered. And one of the people were like, well, yeah, that was great, but you should have called people forward for healing because with that kind of presence of God... And I love, she's a wonderful lady, but I'm also like, man, God doesn't need, God doesn't need a service to bring healing. Mm. God isn't bound to this moment. He'll heal anytime. Like your theology, I get where you're coming from, but that, that's a th- small theology. That's a small well, listen, understanding what of did God's this, What did Roman centurion say to yeah. Jesus? He says, I know that you're a man of authority. Mm-hmm. You can say the word. Right. And Jesus marveled at, at his, his faith. faith. Yeah. And yet next week. Easter, I got jump houses, I got an Easter egg hunt, I got appetizers coming, I got, you know, I got, I think I got a photo booth, I, I got more stuff than I even know, right? <laughs> and and what's my focus? My focus is two things, salvations and celebration. This is the biggest party of the year, because Jesus conquering death and hell, setting us all free, and calling us home is the biggest party of the year. We call it Easter Palooza. We do it up. <laughs> And, and and yet, more than that, I want souls coming home because yeah. that's the better. So we need to create an atmosphere where that soul is open, that heart is broken down, and they're, they're saying, Jesus, come on in. So have you ever had a word, you spent time preparing it, you've even got like PowerPoint or slides or you know whatever you do to display things visually, and then during worship, God says, I want you to completely change your message. Sure. Here you go. This is what it is. Go there. And you just put the whole other thing aside, throw the plan out and say, let's just go with the spirit. I got a brand new word. Have you ever done that? Sure. And I find that's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. I actually feel like because I'm still learning so much about the context of passages and the, 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 what, what was going on during the time and who was speaking to who. And, you know, there's so many times where, you know, like people say this. Okay, here's what they say. They say, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. And mm-hmm. so we're like, come on, we got to, in this worship time, we got to lift Jesus up so that people can. Sure. That's not the context of that passage. That is not what it means. Jesus is talking about when Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness and people looked at the snake on the pole, they were healed of the snake bites that were coming on them because of the judgment that was happening. And Jesus says, if I be lifted up just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, well, what do we know? When he was on the cross, he was lifted up. Mm -hmm. And when he was lifted up and people could see that Jesus died for their sins, the gospel, that says in Romans chapter 10, it says, how can they believe unless they've been preached to. And how can they be preached to unless someone is sent? And so what Jesus is meaning there is, hey, when you're preaching this gospel story and you're telling people the good news, when they look and see me crucified, 
then they're going to receive the healing and people are going to come to Jesus. It's not so talking good. about our time of singing songs and lifting his name high, but how many people have taken that out of context and used, I can't tell you the number of times I've heard Absolutely. that before. And it's out of context. It is not what the scripture is saying. And so mm-hmm. I think for me, I tend to stray away from just throwing out my prepared message and just going with where the Spirit's leading because sometimes I'm like, I, I don't have enough understanding of that portion of Scripture to really preach it with the kind of uh, rightly dividing the word of truth that I need to. And I don't mm-hmm. want to say something that somebody else could then take for years and think this is what this passage means. And when I really study it out, because I've had so many of those times where I start studying stuff out and I'm like... I was wrong completely that time I heard that pe- person preach that message on that subject like that. They were actually way off. Mm-hmm. And I've had this faulty theology just because I attended a service one time that somebody preached on this passage. And then that's what, it's so vital that we balance that. And so here's what I feel like. I feel like there is going to come a day when I'm going to throw it out more and then just do the thing that the Spirit's leading me to because I've I've, I've been seasoned enough in the word to where mm-hmm. I understand those passages more and I have a confidence that I, I don't really need to take that time to study this. I can just go with where the Spirit's leading me on this subject because I know about that, you know? And so that's kind of where I wrestle with that tension is, man, if the Holy Spirit's really saying for me to do this or is he just telling me something and I just write it down and I'm going to study it out and then preach that message later, you know? So that's where I really, I, I wrestle with that because it's very difficult for me to have the confidence to stand on a platform and preach the word if I don't know everything about that text. Here's where I think that tension maintains and gets resolved and bringing it maybe full circle. Staff need Staff and the church need to submit to the leadership of the church and the vision there, right? So you can't just run rampant and say, well, the Holy Spirit's taken over. Get out of the way, Pastor. First of all, the pastor shouldn't be in the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you if you feel that way all the time, you're either in the wrong church or you're in the wrong. Ooh. Okay? <laughs> but then next thing, then the balance for all of it is the pastor's then submitted to the Holy Spirit all the time. And if the Holy Spirit wants to call an audible, he's his boss directly in that service, in that moment hopefully he's listening and if not he will answer to for that he will have to be accountable the lord says hey i showed up that day and you weren't too interested that's a problem yeah you know but also not only that church god's a merciful god he's working with broken men and women in leadership everywhere and they're they're going to miss it all the time because they're people Right, but hopefully they're getting near to the heart of God, understanding His Word better, hearing His hearing His Word better, and living that out more and more, not less and less. So if God's moving more and more in your services, awesome. But don't you can just you can become religious about both, like their religion, they're stuck in their preaching the Word. Well, you're religious, you're stuck in worship. Like it, it, it's not either or. Yeah. Like He's submitted to the Holy Spirit, and if He isn't. Pray for him. Cry out to God for him. Well, what I would say, like I knew somebody years ago who they were at Willow Creek. Okay. Now Willow Creek is the, right. It's the gold standard when it comes to the seeker model. And maybe they were the first ones, right? They were one of, if not the very first ones. And I I knew a guy who's in there who's super into the charismatic and healing. And God told me to go there to bring revival. 
and I was going to usher in the Holy Spirit there. He wasn't on staff. Nobody knew who he was. No, you know, he was one of 20,000 people showing up there. And like, no, you weren't. And guess what? They don't go there anymore. And that didn't happen because God did not tell you that. God didn't tell you to bring revival to people who weren't ready for it in that sense. And then we're looking to do something else and had a different vision. They have vision for something else. Now, if God speaks, it's going to happen in the leadership. And if it doesn't happen in the leadership, it probably isn't God. And if it is, they're going to have to answer for it. Here's what I would tell people. If you feel like consistently your pastor is missing where the Holy Spirit is, commit to pray for him or her. Just pray. It's amazing. The amount of times when I pray for my leaders, the times that I discover that really they were exactly where God wanted them. I just wasn't prepared in my heart enough to receive because I had not been praying for them. Mm-hmm. It's amazing mm-hmm. what happens in your heart when you begin to pray. You start to see they are leading with a lot of wisdom and spiritual understanding. I'm the one who is missing it because I... I was limiting God because I thought he had to show up in a certain paradigm, that he had to show up the way that it used to be when I got saved. That's what my pastor, when I was mm. in ministry school again, sure. he would always say that different people like different types of worship music based on when they got saved. Oh, yeah. Because the music that was playing when they got saved, there's something about those songs, man, and they just Mm -hmm. come and just get you, and everybody else is like, oh, my gosh, this song is so old. Can you believe we used to sing that, you know? I mean, how many times have we said that? And then there's somebody out there who's in tears when the song's playing because it's just the most precious thing to them. Oh, absolutely. My son, Maverick City, wrecks him, and I'm like, Man, I love all their song because it all sounds the same to me. <laughs> you know, uh, I like it, but it's all the same to me. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, if I pop on, if I put on Christ for the Nations from 1995, he's looking at me like, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> and you're in tears over there. Yeah, I'm like, "This is amazing. This is amazing." <laughs> you know, I miss the real Kevin Jonas. You know, that's where I am <laughs> because everybody's different, right? Yeah. It's those seasons, and so I think the thing that we all need to guard our hearts from is. Don't narrow your theology to your experience. Mm. What does the word say? Yeah. And and here's the thing. In praying for your pastor, you got to understand that this person has so many other things that they've got to factor into how they lead. Mm -hmm. We have a very diverse church. Yeah. Racially, politically, age-wise, I mean, we've got a spectrum. I mean, we've got the 70, 80, 90-year-olds all the way down to the babies and everything in between. We got the young marrieds. We got the empty nesters. We've got the teenagers. We got the young college students. I mean, we got them all. And we got to think, how are all of these people going to eat together today at the Lord's table? How are we going to all fellowship together? Where am I going to create spaces for people to connect? I know that some people have had sickness and illness and death this week. Some people have had joy and babies being born and marriages happening. And I mean, job promotions and raises. I mean, you've got everything in between. Yeah. 
And if you're not praying for your leader and you're judging them and thinking that they're not this and they need to be this, then you really, really, really need to think about leading your own thing. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you'll discover really quickly how judgmental you were and how less compassionate you were towards that leader because you never sat in their seat. That is, it is a different weight altogether when you're sitting there and it's all on you and you mm. got to, you got to, you got to make it happen. And then you got people who are like, you're not spiritual. And you're like, if you only knew how the Holy Spirit was dealing with me this week about taking care of the widows and the orphans, like I, Holy Spirit was just, he had me in, in, in a deep place of repentance because I wasn't caring for them the way that the church should have been. And we got to shift gears and we got to do more of that. Oh, God's been laying on my heart a vision for us to start a, a, a nursery, a, a preschool that's going to reach out to the community and children are going to get saved and families and households are going to be transformed because the, t the children are taking the word of God that they learn every day at this daycare and taking it into the homes. And God's giving me the vision. And yeah, the service is powerful today, but I've got to stop what we're doing at some point because I've got to tell the people that they need to give towards this thing because it's going to see thousands of people impacted with the gospel and you're sitting over there saying but it feels so good I got goosebumps and, <laughs> and you don't even have the slightest clue <laughs> right. of what has to be accomplished with that right. one hour and yeah. 15 30 45 minutes whatever your services look like this isn't a moment just for you yes. and that's the that's the thing I would say in the, the the presence versus the plan and the people that it, that it's are involved in it is and I'd close with this on my end come with expectation to know that God's going to do something come with the humility to know you may not have the corner of the market of what that is and come with come with the ability to be submitted to whatever does happen so good. I like, I like this because it's the presence and the plan, not yeah. the presence versus the plan. Not either or. It's the presence and the plan, and we believe that God's leading us forward together. This has been a great conversation, Brian. Absolutely. I know that the scripture says when you've done everything to do, to stand. And so we're praying that you take a bold stand on God's word this week. Thanks so much for joining us on Pastor Standing Firm.